welcome back to the Take 10 with Colliers podcast. I'm your host, Holly Brown, Head of Client Strategy here at Colliers. On Series 3 of the podcast, we are talking net zero carbon and all things ESG. Today's guest is going to be busting some myths around the environmental contribution of industrial and logistics and telling us how big boxes really can make a big impact. Today's guest is Helen Drury, Sustainability Lead at Tritex. Helen's passion for sustainability started right from her university days at Manchester, where she read environmental management. Her career has seen her take on roles in sustainability and CSR across the retail space, including Revo, Into and Virgin. And Helen is now the sustainability lead at Tritex, where she's responsible for all things ESG and sustainability across Tritex's £5 billion portfolio. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Holly. Thanks for, thanks for having me. So Helen, I just wanted to start straight up by busting one of the big myths about industrial. Is it just as simple as putting solar panels on the roof? Well, that is a large part of it, but it's definitely not the only part of it. Uh, When we're thinking about decarbonising and um, producing on-site renewable energy, obviously solar is a really big part of it. Logistics tend to have really large flat roofs, which are absolutely primed for solar PV. There's lots of other things that go into decarbonising the energy on-site. The first step is always going to be reducing the energy demand as much as possible, um, so that when you're then producing the the renewable energy you're you're hopefully using less so that it's more efficient Um, we've got some issues with that though you know um, the um, warehouses are becoming more and more sophisticated there's more automation uh, much more technology going into it which means that ultimately some circumstances that energy demand is going up um, so therefore the energy efficiency becomes even more important but linked to that there's some issues then um, people call it grid grab Um, The grid can't cope with this increased energy demand across the UK, which we're seeing across all sectors, whether that's EV charging, everything's moving towards electrification. So actually, um, that's an issue for for all sectors thinking about um, if we need more more electricity, how is that going to be supplied? Um, So there's some issues where you find something called grid grab, where you can't necessarily get the energy that you need in those locations. So therefore, on-site renewables does become even more important. So solar PV, uh, but also other types of on site renewables, whether that's wind, biogas, um, ground source heat pumps, all of those mix of energy that then means that you can be more resilient uh, against climate change, but also the energy demand in the UK. Um, But then linked to that as well, there's also other environmental issues. um, So resource efficiency, biodiversity, but then also some of the social impacts as well. uh, As more and more people are employed in logistics, those social issues become even more important. So interesting. So it's not only that you're having to provide for the energy needs of today, but you're also having to anticipate future needs of that asset and how those needs are going to change as that industry develops and progresses. Yes, exactly that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a big jigsaw puzzle that you have to think about what you need today, what you need tomorrow, how that is against the context of climate change and increased energy demand. So it's quite a complex picture for someone to try and work out. Um, but like I say, the more efficient you can be, and the more self-sufficient you can be, that means you're more resilient against these outside changes. So a lot more complex than just solar panels on the roof then, even though they are an integral part. So thank you for busting that myth. You touched on it there briefly, um, that sort of social element, but there's always been this sort of theory that offices and retail have a greater capacity to positively impact social value, because obviously more than often they sit within that local community and industrial and logistics assets can be somewhat more isolated. 
is that true? Um, and if not, can you tell us how tri-tax is contributing to social value? Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of social value created by logistics. I think that that's flown under the radar for quite a long time. Um, but over the last year with the pandemic, I think we've seen just how important logistics have been. I mean, if you could imagine if this pandemic had happened five or 10 years ago, how much more um, isolating and difficult it would have been, you know, would you be able to get your 24 hour deliveries, you know, your Amazon within, you know, same day or next day prime, um, and not just, you know, all of the things we needed to keep ourselves from boredom, but also, you know, the important supply of PPE and medicines, uh, being able to reach vulnerable people who wouldn't be able to go to the supermarket. Um, but, you know, even outside of that, I think we touched on before, you know, we didn't have Netflix, any of these types of things, you know, the world's very different and moving very quickly. Um, and we've seen that the pandemic has really accelerated some of those changes. So uh, there's more and more people employed in logistics. Um, so therefore, some of those social issues do become more and more important um you know logistics creates a lot of value it creates a lot of employment it pays a lot of taxes it creates a lot of ripple effects in terms of economic uh, value that it creates in that area so if you think you have a logistics facilities and then you have all the services that supply into that even you know a local cleaning company and those types of things that create a lot of economic value um, so within that as well, you know, thinking about that community engagement, like you said, that used to be more traditionally seen in retail or in offices. Um, but as, as I said, if there's more and more people employed, then there's more need for those types of activities, because importantly, these people are working and living in the same location. So as, as a landlord, as one of the largest landlords of logistics in the UK, uh, we've got a number of initiatives to support our local communities. Uh, we've got a three-year partnership with a charity called School Readers, so they're very focused on supporting childhood literacy. Uh, we fund them to, to run in all the locations near our, our sort of 60-odd assets. Um, and then, again, they've become even more important during the pandemic with the school closures. Um, that support for children who don't get that literacy support is even more important. Um, so we're really proud to support them over, over our three years. But also linked to that is the skills and employment. Um, as I mentioned before, warehouses are becoming more sophisticated. So those jobs are becoming more sophisticated. It's not just about having auto, auto, um, automation and robots that are going to take people's jobs. You actually see a more sophisticated job role that's being created. So where we can step in and support um, skills and employment, uh, which mean that people have more, for example, engineering skills, which means that you know, you're upskilling people, but also importantly, we're making sure our tenants have the right supply of labor, which means then they can enjoy longer um, staff retention and better, better productivity from their, from their staff. Um, so that's all really important. Um, and you know, with our um, development partner, um, Tritax Symmetry, uh, they work with a number of um, university technology colleges um, which provides some of those technical skills for in construction and logistics, which means that we're kind of providing that that supply um, that supply chain of labour for the next generation, essentially. Well, I think you'll have surprised a lot of listeners with that answer, and with this sort of relentless demand for industrial logistics, and that's been continuing for a while. I really hope that any investors in this space who are listening will take note of really how much actually can be done and sort of support and nurture that local community and work workforce so thanks for sharing that another area that i wanted to briefly touch on was the voice of your occupiers and we know obviously you do a huge amount with all of your occupiers in that space but you've got some really highly sought after global occupiers within your portfolio what are you hearing from them in relation to esg 
and how are you delivering on those needs? Yeah, so we talk to our tenants on, you know, pretty much a near daily basis, but we also uh, do some research kind of annually to understand um, how we're meeting those needs. So outside of, you know, just chatting to them and understanding what's happening, again, you know, during the pandemic, that was a really great example of being able to talk to them, understanding what they needed in terms of um, health and safety that meant that they could keep their workers safe and, and continue to operate their very critical services. So we were able to share a number of best practices practice examples between our tenants so that everyone could could understand that because you know it was something that completely unprecedented hate saying that word now but <laughs> in the buzzword of the last year so actually being able to share that knowledge was really important and, and really gratefully received by our tenants but we're always looking you know what are those future trends uh, we, we do supply chain analysis to understand what are the things that our tenants need today and in the future and then how can we make sure the, the space remains fit for purpose um, but then also, you know, we conduct um, sustainability surveys to understand, you know, what are their sustainability requirements? How can we be working with them to deliver on those projects? So the PV tends to be one of the, the larger one of those, um, but then we're seeing other kind of demands around um, health and well-being, particularly uh, thinking a bit more around that social side of things. Um, so a number of ways that we're always just kind of keeping our ears to the ground and working with those tenants. Um, and like I say, that kind of the, the labour and um, social side is something that's really coming up into the fore that we're seeing that they're, they're kind of asking us about. But it's definitely different from, you know, the last few years. Um, our tenants are actively coming to us to ask for, for ways to collaborate around ESG. That's brilliant. And I think that's the way that you'll, you know, you and other major investors and landlords will retain that sort of really top quality occupiers by listening to them and giving them, supporting them in, in their goals in this space as well. So Helen, we've come towards the end of the show, which means it's time for the quick fire question round. Hope you're ready. Okay, so would you rather plant a forest or regrow a coral reef? Regrow a coral reef. Brilliant. Would you rather build a wind farm or a solar farm in your back garden? Uh, I think probably a soda farm, um, just because it's uh, probably easier to do and living in London, probably got more space to put soda PV on. Yeah, very true. <laughs> if you could save one part of the world from global warming, where would it be? So it's quite a large part, but I'd go for the oceans, um, just because they have such a critical part to play in regulating our climate. They basically create our weather. So if we're not looking after the oceans, it, it exacerbates climate change so much more. That is a very, very good answer. Okay, final one. If you could take either the tiger or the Asian elephant off the endangered species list, which would it be? Oh, elephants. I've got a real soft spot for elephants, but it would always be them. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Helen, thank you so, so much for joining us today and for busting all of our myths. We really appreciate you being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. And to everyone else listening, thank you very much for joining us. You can listen to more episodes of the podcast in all of the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. And to find out who we have on next, please follow us on all of our social channels, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you very much for listening.